Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Titterpigs, the RPG podcast. Am I getting paid for this one? listeners welcome back this is episode 24 of titter pigs scott we're two dozen episodes in and no fcc complaints have reached me yet we must be doing okay we definitely are and you know to be fair this podcast is a lot cheaper than two dozen eggs right now so definitely keep listening and get your money's <laughs> worth out of this one um so yeah we we are back with another interview uh keith and i got tired of talking to each other so we decided to have more and more people on here to uh uh, share the mic time. And uh, so we have two very interesting gentlemen on here. And uh, before I announce them, uh, you will probably lead in with the most important question that is burning down the walls of anybody who knows who you two are. How do you pronounce your game, Pele and Johan from <laughs> Stockholm Cartel? And it's Mork. Borg? Uh, no, it's it's uh, Bud from Bud RPG RPG's review says it's uh, Merk Borg. It's is that how you pronounce it? So please help. It's uh, you can pronounce it in a lot of different ways. Uh, right. So we've learned the last few years, but <laughs> <laughs> in Swedish, I think it's intended to sound Merk Borg. Okay, but that's that's uh, apparently that's pretty difficult to say because not all languages have those uh, sounds. But Merk Borg is totally fine. Okay, thank you. I, I appreciate that. So the podcast is over. We're done. We've pronounced it correctly. Thank you for coming. Uh, no, but um, no, that's that's that that's great. And for I don't know how Keith is, but you know, for the standard Southern California person such as myself, I cannot roll my R's. So even if I wanted to, it would sound worse than than trying. So I, I will just call it Morkborg uh, from this point on, if that's okay. But welcome uh welcome both of you thank you so much for uh you know for taking up your precious time to come talk with us uh on our uh, itty bitty podcast uh we have um several things that you know both keith and i are curious about we have questions from listeners it's unfortunate that uh you know my son is still in school or he would be hovering in the background we will cover that a little bit later but yes so thank you and welcome thank you yes. yeah thanks a lot well keith how do we usually start this podcast Drinking beer? No, um, no. That's usually me while we're on the air. Usually, we ask you know the our guests from the first time they're on the show. What is your what has been your introduction into role playing games? What was your gateway drug, as it were, into the gaming scene? That's kind of the the next uh, burning question. How did how did you guys you know hit the ground running? I usually start <clears throat> because okay. I'm the oldest one. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. I know the Call feeling. Himself out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I'm Pelle Nilsson. I'm the writer of, uh, for example, Merkborg. Mm -hmm. uh, I got into role-playing games maybe 1985 or something like that, 84, mm -hmm. 85. And that was uh, a golden age for role-playing games back yes. in Sweden then, the first golden age. Now we're in the second golden age, they say. Uh, so, yeah, I started out with uh, Drakar on the... Octomoner, the, the game that is known as Dragonbane nowadays. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. from Free League that's coming up. And also I played a lot of Mutant. Uh, that's also uh, very quite famous nowadays again. Mm-hmm. It was the two big games back then and I started to to play. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So when you say Mutant, do you mean is that is that what, what would evolve into Mutant Year Zero? Or is yeah, that something that's, different? That's the same game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. So, and, and then of course, Dragon Bane being, you know, one of the, you know, the hot Kickstarters that's going to be coming out mm. soon uh, that, uh, that I, you know, ran a play test of that with and very, very much enjoyed it and, and definitely looking forward to that. Just another question regarding that. So as far as the introduction to games, you know, um, were the games something that was readily available there or was this something that you would have to hunt down? You know, did your parents, you know, provide it to you for a Christmas gift? Did you pull on their you know their their coats or jackets begging and screaming and throwing a fit <laughs> until they would buy it for you um because it's, it's it's different all around the world you know how how they initially are presented uh to the public and how people come upon them it was quite easy back then to to get hold of especially the swedish games mm-hmm. you could buy them at toy stores uh so it was very easy to get get hold of the you know the biggest games like and that all that all I mentioned changed. in a couple of hours, Eventually. Uh, yeah, a couple of more. It was very easy. Right. So uh, I think I got the Rocker on the Morning, the Dragon Bane game from my grandmother mm-hmm. back in the 1985. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there I was like, d- yeah, during the first Golden Age, as you mentioned. I think that all stopped in a way. With I'm not sure if if Kult that game ended yeah. it, but it sure it certainly ended you finding games in uh, toy stores. <laughs> so that was when they that's actually that's actually true it's like when they really? the stores realized like hang on not all these games are for you know for children so maybe we should you know instead of um taking out the ones that were a bit more like uh horror themed they just removed right. all of them basically and that that was that yeah that sucks that yeah <laughs> uh, cult the cult game was released 1992 i think too right yeah I and think then so. and it was some we also had not as big as, as in the US, I guess, but we had some satanic panic yes, going on. So one. they removed all the role-playing games from the toy stores and, and so on. But, yeah. but you know, in, in regards to like the first edition of Colt, that's funny because, you know, obviously the, the American satanic panic here, you know, happened because parents didn't have the concept of, oh, they're just playing with dwarves and elves and fairy folk and having a good time. Yeah. Whereas Colt, not not Actually, you know saying that that any satanic panic is worth it, but that had a bit of you know had a bit of bones to it. There was a bit of a reason where it's like, oh wow, this yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a, a mature game. <laughs> like it's right. not, it's not for children in any capacity. But no, you know, no, not at all. I think they were a bit they were a bit ahead of their time in a lot of ways because they yeah. explored really really dark themes in uh, tabletop role playing games that you didn't really do back then. Uh, right, and and that had uh, consequences. Yes. Them. Oh, I. So, I it's so Johan, since you're, since admittedly you're you're younger, did you did you get your start in gaming before Cult, or was that about the time where you got your start in gaming? Um, it was. Um, let's see. No, I was. Uh, I was 11 years old, I think, when I first started, and so this was a bit after Cult was released because I'm very very young, and uh, I think so. the first game that I played <laughs> was also. <laughs> Was also mutant actually. Uh, okay. It's po- post-apocalyptic game that later evolved into Year Zero and Mutant Chronicles and all that stuff. Right. So that was the first game I played, and then some Draco Demona, as Pella mentioned, and then mm-hmm. we got into Cult and like Call of Cthulhu and the more sort of horror things. And mm-hmm. I dabbled. Well, like we played a lot of like freeform stuff, so things that would I think now be considered like indie games, you know, or more like rules, like games with no rules at all. We were just made shit up. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I don't know a couple of years ago that I first like ex- explored what Dungeons and Dragons was because, like at the time, there was like a, a, at least um, in the, the group of friends that we were in, there was this this idea that Dungeons and Dragons was this American game that was a bit like worse, like lesser than our really pretentious shit. But you know, uh, like the games that we played because it had right. levels and it was a bit more like a video game in a way and. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to try it once I got a bit older. I was wanted to see what this uh, this game was about, and then I realized that hey, it's actually pretty fun. So right, oh yeah, that's so how I got into the OSR, for example, afterwards. So oh, I mean, okay. you know, 
Yeah, I mean, independent creators being pretentious, never heard of that situation before. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, but... <laughs> it's an old tale, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, just a quick question before we move on. There, and there's the very popular game, and I'm, I'm going to totally forget it, but there's there was like the German version of uh, Dungeons and Dragons that's been popular for years and years. Uh, the that Black Eye, yeah. Dark, 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 dark Eye, yeah. yes. Dark yeah. Eye, uh, yeah, that's one. Yeah. So was, yes, that's it. <laughs> Was that another one that that uh, you know would have would have crossed your path during that time, or was that still just separate from the other games that you were playing? Completely unknown, really, for me at yeah. least. And I think it yeah. was completely unknown in Sweden. Okay, yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah. I only learned about it when I went to Germany, like uh, when I was older, and I saw that they had a game. So like, I think that there's different European countries who are very isolated in their own scenes. So. Yes, which is fascinating to know because, like, then there are so many unknown games, uh, not uh, far away, like uh, in different uh, countries' scenes. So, mm-hmm. I think I think I know, that's, I, I know I, I, the well, Spanish well, have a very big RPG scene, and the French, yeah. Yeah. Brazil, yeah. And I'm always like very curious about those. Like, I would like to know more about how they started out and like what preferences and what you know settings they had. So, yeah, a little sidetrack, but oh yeah. No, we we get sidetracked all the time, so you know, have no fear. Uh, the hard yeah, part is getting back on topic. Uh, so, um, so let's get back on topic. <laughs> oh, all right, shit, go on, Keith. I'm going to be the taskmaster tonight. I see. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about Morkborg, right? That's that's why we asked you guys to come on to the show. What were some of your your early influences in creating Morkborg, coming together as a team, and and really putting your heads together and creating this? wonderful game that has i mean for god's sakes it's taken the world by storm for good or bad it's taken the world by storm yeah and me and Johan had done a project before murkborg that was a horror game so far only published in swedish but we yeah we're considering uh, to translate that game later on but uh, uh i was at conventions in sweden and uh, so I was very inspired by the OSR scene. I hadn't, I had no idea about, you know, Dungeons and Dragons 5e. I, I, I hadn't read it uh, back, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was inspired by, you know, rules light games. And it, for me, it was important since I wanted to bring the game to conventions. To you know, you should be able to create a character in in one minute and uh, start playing in. In 10 minutes or something like that so that was a, a design goal so we started to talk about making this game after that first horror game it was more like a scene idea first you know right uh do whatever we wanted and uh, maybe print it some some few scenes it, it was not meant to be uh what it became this monster or <laughs> whatever you can call it. So that's how it started. It was really, it was only paper first, like uh, the, the basic rules. And, and then we had, I added some classes and you once started to make some illustrations and then it, it, you know, went back and forth like that for a while. And mm-hmm. we reached out to Free League Publishing and uh, you one had been working with them before. So he had some connection and, uh, uh, after a while, they accepted to make a book out of this together with us. And uh, uh, when we decided to make a Kickstarter, we started to evolve a bit more. And, you know, uh, I did the setting quite late in the process. And But it was an iterative process. Uh, I was writing something and Johan was making an illustration and I got inspired and I wrote some more. And then it went back and forth. It was quite easy, actually. That process. It, we were really, <laughs> we were really inspired, and uh, it didn't take too much time. I think we did everything in six or eight months, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like the entire thing. Yeah, I think we were. I, I've been listening to like um, podcasts about the state of flow. You know, when you get into the flow, and that well, this was definitely one of those. Like both yeah. you and me got, yeah, like you said, like inspired, and we just ended up we or we came into the state where we just made stuff and it came naturally in a way and the things that we made inspired us to do more and 
we've I, I don't think we ever felt any like pressure for it to become anything except what we felt like doing at the time so it was really just a fun fulfilling creative thing to do and like we had no expectations or no like aim for it to be you know big or uh, marketable or profitable or anything it was just for fun like whatever we wanted to do and all the like success afterwards has been just a nice bonus effect uh, and it's grown it- out of fucking control let me tell you like the whole oh, community and the thing yeah, yeah no oh uh, we we, this we was have not questions we, this was <laughs> not what we wanted from us. <laughs> the, the only pressure i felt was that i wanted to make it uh as perfect as it could be i i, I don't i didn't want any you know spelling errors or mm. uh, mistakes that was mm. <laughs> the only pressure i felt right um, yeah it's it's yeah. amazing because um and I, I forget, like, like uh, after the Kickstarter came out, uh, you know, the it exploded, and it became, you know, obviously impossible to get a copy of it for a period of time. I mean, the retailers sold it out, and I think I made some sort of comment, and I forget it was either you, uh, Pele, or uh, Johan, uh, who sent me a direct message and say, "Hey, I've got a copy next to me. Just pay, you know, if you just want to pay for it, I'll ship it to you." I'm just like, "What? This you would you would never have gotten something like that from." most creators i would say i'm not saying all of them but i mean it was it was quite a bit of a shock of just you know not, <laughs> really? not yeah well i mean not not here's a link to something where you can go get it it's just like i got it here and i'll send it to you but uh going back to the evolution of morkborg when it arrived it, it included the you know the the reprint of the original uh morkborg pamphlet uh that you guys had and and if you you know for the listeners if you don't have a copy of this you know to to see the you know where it started and where it ended up, it's just the path in between is just amazing. It's mind blowing because there's very little, I mean, other than, you know, the basic rules uh, between that and what Morkborg evolved to. And, and the, the idea that, you know, all of that, all, all that work uh, that, that both of you did, that not only was it just, you know, that it, it comes so easily for you because not because it, you know, anything specific other than you just were enjoying doing it. And there was no pressure. And and I know that there's a lot of creators out there, you know, you know, authors and artists and whatnot, who wish that, you know, that they would have that moment. And some people have it, some people don't. But uh, it it is it is good to hear that that things that something like that still occurs. And I, I think it uh, it really shows. Um, it really shows in in the book of you know because there's no apologies in it whatsoever. Uh, this this is this is. This is your creation. If you like it, you know, you, you know, great. If you don't like it, you know, uh, fuck There's off. Other games for you. There's yeah. other games, and and right. and even and even then, it's like, you know what? I'm tired of listening to you complain. Here's a black and white version. So can you please shut up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I that's, mean, that's we fantastic. Never, <laughs> we we basically made it for us. Like that's the thing. And apparently right. some other people also liked it, but it, it right. was only ever for us and the group of people like mm-hmm. uh, around us and the people we play with. So I think uh, I think that's that's maybe, I don't know, a lesson or like a tip to like, don't think too much about, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's not the most common tip to like, don't think about your audience, but like, don't make it first and foremost for you, I think, like make right. something that you enjoy and then others will enjoy to hopefully right. or, or or they'll hate it but you know that's <laughs> it's it's better to be loved and hated than to be just meh by everyone yeah i think oh, absolutely speaking of love and hate right how do you guys deal with the um like the negative comments right everybody loves to get like positive feedback right i love your game i love your game but what do you how do you guys deal with the you know, it's like art trash or this game sucks. I, mean, <laughs> I can't I, read it. Yeah. yeah. We have I, a, I have well, seen tons of it, um, <laughs> but I've also seen equally as much and 10 times more positive rave reviews about about your stuff. So, I mean, it is to be expected when you do something as like experimental as this, you you know, we call it art punk. Like it. It's cool. Yeah. And I mean, not everyone will like it. Some people will actually hate it. And right. I think that's that's fine. We don't we very rarely take up any like fight or like we very rarely argue with anyone. Like everyone is entitled to their opinion about it. Like you if you hate it, that's fine. Like, go, go ahead. You still talk about it and like you still spread the word. And so 
we've actually used a few of these negative reviews as like marketing material for the game. <laughs> so there's this one there's this one review where the guy said like, oh, it, it's so like badly designed. I just want to like set it on fire, and like that's that played into our hands perfectly because that's what we ask the player to do. So yeah, right. thank you. And you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah. We have a we have a bit of a distance to it. I think I, I laugh at it. I, I do enjoy some of the comments that that you know on the social media that is seen. I mean, obviously, you know, like you said, you don't get into it. But a lot of these, um, you know, one-line quips or things that pop up every once in a while, and just, just, you know, just delight the crap out of me. And I'm usually laughing in tears when I've seen them. I mean, that the most recent one where you know someone was, you know, if if you think Morkborg is one of the pinnacles of RPGs, um, you know, you should, you know, shoot yourself or you know, burn your. That was you know, nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And and <laughs> and then you 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 your your guys's response was hell yeah. And then the the newly created that very day, the Pirate Borg uh, account chimed in. They're like, "Ooh, ooh, do Pirate Borg next!" <laughs> and it was it was just hilarious to kind of you know just you know kill them with kindness, so to speak. Not necessarily kindness, but you're just not you're you're showing that you're not letting them get to you, and it just kind of adds yeah, I mean, to, the, just, to the charm. I just think, hell yeah, you should have an opinion about this. That's nice. Right. I just, I mean, we just love that people are passionate about it. So, right. I love the game. I love the book. I can't read. I can't visually read some of it because of the the fonts used, and you know Me neither, that's man. okay. <laughs> um, I mean, the but why yellow, ahead, Keith? Why yellow? Why yellow? Why yellow? Look at your bookshelf. How many yellow books do you have? Uh, um, two now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they stick out from the shelf. They stick out like. These are loud. I mean, I know, books. I know where my Morkborg stuff is. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's, that's I know where the they reason. are. They're There's your in answer. a box with there my other go. digest books. But yes, they do stand out. Yeah. So okay, fine, yeah. fair enough. You win. So Johan, you 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 have a background in design and and art. Is is so you know? Yeah, I do. I I'm like a traditionally schooled graphic designer. So okay. I and this is. Uh, just like with Pella, this is my side gig, just a hobby thing. So right. mm -hmm. in my daytime, I make way more boring designs. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. That's, yeah, no, it's fun. I I really enjoy. It. I enjoy making different styles, and so. Right. But this is my chance to like draw demons and skulls and shit. So nice. I tend to do that. But, but it it again it it shows. I mean, you know, between the the merging of the writing style that that evokes that world. Uh, that uh, that uh, Pele has created, and you know, and the design that you've added to it, it, it just you know, just it it merges, you know. And we're we're here fanboying out a little bit because obviously we're fans of it, so you know, so take it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but um, but no, it 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 it, it for me, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, the 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 different formats and everything you know, of the words and the different fonts and everything. And I brought this up before in in other podcasts and discussions, but. You know, one one of the biggest hindrances for a lot of the RPG books out there is for those who are dyslexic. Um, mm. You know, who just you know you you can you can throw down a normally formatted um, you know book, and it's going to take me forever to read it because just you know reading line after line after line, everything just kind of glazes over, and you got to go over it again. Whereas you know, with with books kind of like Morkborg, who take that artistic approach appeals more to way you know my brain kind of goes when it goes to reading and the whole you know twisting and curving and different aspects of it now it's not all of it's legible but but still a lot of that different format and the little chunks and whatnot uh makes it a lot easier digestible than someone slamming down a gigantic book with just you know bricks of paragraphs and paragraphs of pictures you know uh interspersed between them and i think that's maybe one of the reasons why a lot of people out there enjoy it because the, the rules light aspect of course but you know that that non-traditional format does make it more easily digestible and easy to remember you know and then when it's all said and done of course at the end it's like you know we've encapsulated all in two pages here for you uh yeah. you know if you if you couldn't get through all that you know here here it is again for you know to make it you know a little bit easier to reference because it's easier to read but it's a pain in the butt to to reference afterwards i for one enjoy that format i know that's you know why my son and his friends really enjoy the format and on top of other many many more reasons but um but he's kind of like me you know if, yeah. if if he's forced to sit down and read something in length it just kind of zooms in the background but uh, he can you know go through a book like morkborg 
or, or something in similar for, format just like that because it breaks it up and so his brain can kind of take a rest in between so i'm sure that wasn't maybe that wasn't a conscious effort but it is a plus <clears throat> it it's definitely is a plus for for a lot of people who not i mean not a like conscious that. effort in that way but i've heard this before and it, i've heard the exact opposite as well which is fascinating like right this like this book is different from a lot of other books makes it either way easier or way harder for people who usually can't read other books to read so and i'm i'm exactly the same like i can't very much read a traditional like novel or an RPG book because I zone out and it all mixes together. But these kinds of designs, if done well, really, you know, works with me. So I think um, the the different styles and the different artworks and everything, they sort of work like milestones or yeah, that's the word, the milestones when you read. So like you, you know, oh, when you look for the health rules, you find a, right. you know, the page with a heart on it. So if if right. all pages sort of look the same, it's harder to uh, like visually find your way. You have to read to find your way. Reuse right. the page number as as, as references. So. Yeah, and uh, all the rules for that thing you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was also a design goal. Was supposed to be on one spread. Oh so, really? Yeah. So you didn't have to flip back and forth to find the thing you wanted to read about and. It's yeah. it's definitely a plus. I mean, yeah. oh, absolutely. As we, as, as we all know in role playing games, a lot of the biggest issues is, um, you know, the uh, the layout of the rules in the book. You know, it's like, oh yeah. God, how many how many books do people own that just have, you know, little bits of tape or whatever, you know, notating every single freaking page because there's the index is horrible and you just can't open it up. There's no question about where the um uh you know where the weapons and you know their damage uh you know dies are. In Mork Borg, because of that, oh, that picture. You'll find them quickly. Smacks exactly. your face. Yeah. And yeah. there's four pages for 12 weapons, which a lot of people right. also hate. But but also because you have all the rules <laughs> in one, on one page at the back of right. the book. So, like, really, you're not supposed to um, have to reference the book when you're playing. You're just supposed right. to have the last spread open, and mm-hmm. that's it. Like, you shouldn't touch the book at the table. That should right. you, you should read that in your spare time, like when you mm-hmm. sit on the couch or whatever. Uh, and... Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't flip in in the book when you're playing. You should be talking and playing with your friends, like right. not have to sit there and read. So that's yeah, that's definitely um, a design goal as well. No, that's Excellent. that's brilliant. I mean, that's I can't count how many times I run a game, whether it's online or at the table, or I'm playing in a game, and people spend way too much time, myself included, digging through a role playing game book looking for something very obs- that should be readily. F- easy to find it becomes very some very obscure reference yeah. uh, and hard to locate or something that should be on just a simple two-page spread or a gm screen that is very hard to locate and we spend more time dicking around trying to locate yeah. this thing than we do playing <laughs> um and it's frustrating but you know you have the you have the two-page spread at the front and the two-page spread at the back two different purposes obviously but they make doing either playing or character building and world building stuff super easy. So as, as a player and a, and somebody who runs the game, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So art obviously plays a big influence, uh, you know, in, in the design of, of your games and, you know, it shows in the books, it, it shows on the website, but another, another influence in it that is may not be as obvious for some is, is, you know, music, um, you know, the, 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 you know, whether, whether it inspires you or it's the, um, you know, or you've based some of the things upon the book on, I mean, you, you guys have produced, um, you know, an, an RPG LP, so to speak, yeah. I, I get, well, I mean, let's start with this, you know, w- what was some of the musical influences that, that led to the creation of this? Um, I mean, it's obviously people are going to go, well, there's the, you know, the Swedish death metal, but I'm, I, I got to assume it's not, you know, one and done. Uh, there's, you know, there's probably other things involved with that, but it, it tends to carry, a lot of the uh, the game with it. I think both of us were maybe more inspired by music than other games. Yeah, at at least me. Uh, so it's more like a music game <laughs> for me than anything else. Mm-hmm. I was inspired by lots of different kind of music, but uh, mostly old uh, doom metal from England, like Cathedral, and uh, also Norwegian black metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, those bands are in the beginning of the book we have some 
a list of bands that inspired us. So they are mentioned there. And but uh, I mean, I also listened to classical music and uh, yeah, when I was uh, writing the book as well. That was especially when I did the setting. It is a very musical project, and we sometimes yeah. Yeah. Uh, like talk about the process and how we work as like if as if we were a band and we're you know releasing uh, instead of books, it's like albums and we jam together. It's a very like musical project, right? And music plays a big role, like not only for the inspiration, but also also like there's a lot of references we have in uh i think it's in either not in heretic it's in uh Ferretary, the scene there's a list of magical items and they're all taken from like the names of them are song titles from different like metal albums mm-hmm. um yeah and yeah there's a tons of little bits and pieces referenced throughout the things we do plus the lp which is very obviously a musical project yeah wouldn't no, have guessed yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> well the 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 only other person I know who's done that is is uh, there's a gentleman who goes by the name of Levi Combs who does stuff for the OSR and in his book uh, Magic and Shit uh, a lot of the magical items and also spells whatnot uh, either reference or carry you know um, album titles from various metal yeah. bands and and whatnot so it's it's uh it, it and sometimes it shows i mean but it, it is that kind of cool thing when you when you're like you're going through these games and you know they they wear their influence on the sleeve and make these references and it's like that little easter egg of like you know it's yeah. it's like if you know it, you it, know exactly yeah it's like the, the night i fell asleep uh reading Morkborg and i put it on my dresser and i woke up and it was still dark and i'm like <laughs> what is that oh shit it's the book it, it's, <laughs> I'm like, it's, dark, it's, yeah. it's glowing <laughs> And I'm waking my wife up. The book's glowing. She's like, God, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a fun thing that we, I'm not sure. I think it was the printing house who said that, oh, we can also make like fluorescent ink. Like you can do what? Like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we went a bit uh, wild with all the ink effects, but that's, that's fun. There's this culmination of influences that, that show and, you know, some pop out at you, some you, you discover and find. Um, and, you know, and some, you know, maybe a cultural musical reference only a few people get, uh, but it does lead to the discovery of that. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, like, you know, when my son and his friends got into Mork Borg, um, when they started running it soon, they were playing, you know, uh, you know, the various, you know, do metal bands and things that they've saw in your book in the background while they're running it. And, you know, so their, their music, their musical appreciation has, you know, spread out from there. Um, nice. and, and I, yeah, I mean, great. and I am not, I, I mean, God, I'm the farthest thing from a, a, you know, musical prude. I mean, I want my, my children to listen to anything and everything, uh, but it, it, yeah, but it, it is, it is one of those, it is one of those things where it's just like, you know, I'm just sitting, you know, it's all quiet in the house. And all of a sudden you hear the mm-hmm. intro to, to, to something you're like, yeah. like, oh, oh, okay. They're playing work board. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love, love to hear it yeah. <laughs> cool. it's such a good thing because like in the discord we have the Merkboard discord which you're all of course welcome to join everyone who's mm-hmm. listening uh there's this like um music channel where everyone posts their like musical tips and uh, albums and stuff that they like and i've gotten some really good inspirations and good like wow. suggestions there so it's it's widened my my um musical taste as well this project so Awesome. Glad it does that to more people. I'll have to check. I'll have to check that out because I'm always looking for new music to listen to, like when mm-hmm. I go to the gym or at work. Yeah, trying to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's music call it? That's what I call going to work is working. Yeah. <laughs> All right, steer the or, ship. Or Keith. when I'm or, or when I'm steering the ship and reading other things at work. Um, speaking of reading other things at work that I don't ever do. Um, you guys have your third party license, right? Which I think is fantastic. It's it's created some some very interesting derivative works. One of the ones that I've had a, a real good time with is Pirate Borg. Right. I'm, oh, a, right. I'm a huge pirate mm-hmm. fan and I've loved re- reading that game and running that game. How have uh how have you guys received yourselves the the third party license, right? Have you guys found it to be uh, a boon or a bane uh, to the Morkborg family? Uh, definitely a boon. I mean, okay. without it, uh, before we had it, and the reason we even opened it up, because we had this uh, Morkborg cult thing, it was this right. 
a concept where people sent us stuff and we curated it, laid it out, and it eventually became the zines uh, and free content on the the website. But that was just too too much stuff for us to do. So we opened it up completely, and I think by then we sort of realized what how big this creative force is that wanted to make shit for this game, and not only like uh, classes and adventures for Melkor, but also like their own games for it. And I think. Yeah. A, the um, the community has expanded this thing into something way bigger than we could have done because we don't have you know we it's only two people of us or there's like a handful of people in Stockholm Cartel so I think it's been really great for the like Murkbori expanded universe to grow you know uh, yeah I think <laughs> it's like some, oh, sorry. yeah go ahead and there's so many great games and some of them are serious some of them are just based on puns which we love and there's uh yeah people are very imaginative <laughs> they make shit <laughs> love it yeah it's uh more than 1500 items yeah yeah uh, or something like that so it's quite a lot the only bane i can think of is that every time i come up with a great idea someone has already done it <laughs> yeah so it's, it's impossible to write something new <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I, I, I was wondering, like, if that yeah. was uh, an inherent risk with having that third party license I, I, for your own creative processes. So I can I can see where it's, uh, it, you know, it is a risk then. Yeah, it's quite a quite a nice risk. And it also, you know, release a lot of stress from us as well, because sure. we are putting out some small thing every now and then, but uh, we don't feel the pressure that we must come up with something new because there is so much stuff already so it's that was uh, that's a dream come true actually I, I think that was um, a purpose for us when we did the game or a dream we didn't think about it too much but it was um, I'm very happy about it it's like a self-playing uh, piano by this point yeah. like like you said we created a monster that is now walking on its own legs and yeah like we can't control it and maybe we shouldn't, you know, it's in the hands of others now and we still do make our stuff, but we're just good creators amongst other creators uh, now in this, this Murkbori doomed world. The puns will eventually run dry, but uh, not at the I don't, moment. I don't think so. <laughs> no, there's an endless <laughs> supply of puns. I mean, to be fair, we just put an umlaut on anything and then it becomes more Borg related. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. The only the only other group that I can think of that kind of compares to that with that type of rabid supportive fan base that that fan base is just kind of cranking out you know quality material uh, would be like the uh, the mothership uh, crew. Yeah. They they kind of have the same uh, you know uh, type of fans and the same license where it's just you know there's you know whereas there's no shortage of yellow material, uh, there's no shortage of uh, you know neon purple and red for the mothership people. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's no, they're really impressive. And I think, uh, I mean, Mothership is an awesome game and can't wait for the big box edition yes. to come out on Kickstarter. So yeah. a lot of people are come waiting on. for that. So yeah, come on, Sean. <laughs> Speaking of can't wait, um, you know, for, for something in a box, uh, you, you had mentioned that you are, you know, bringing out small, uh, things here or there and you, you're going to, I don't know the exact timeline, but there is the, the icons, um mm. stuff and that is a um stockholm cartel mork borg exclusive that's not a third party project correct yeah no, exactly. uh that's... yeah it's it's me and you one yeah. yeah that's already out if uh if i recall i think correctly. it's released now yeah, okay. yeah. Free, free league released it a couple of weeks ago okay yeah finally that's yeah. that <laughs> thing is cursed let me tell you that yeah that really, yeah, real, yeah, really cursed cursed. In real life it's so what it, yeah well then, you know, then 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 uh, you know, divulge what what yeah. If, so if, so if you, pitch it to want. listeners. Tell listeners yeah. about What's, icons. What I've already yeah. read it. So <laughs> I mean, you, you want me to go, Pelle, or yeah, you, know? you can go. So essentially, what icon is? It's it's a mystery box. We we say so. It's it's a kind of weird product. It's a typical Pelle project product, I think, <laughs> because <laughs> it's this. Uh, it's this in-world in item, in a way. It's not exactly specified what it is, if it's a box or a relic or a book or a scroll or whatever, but it's something that you can use to commune with uh, four folk gods, like for forgotten, almost forgotten folk gods that were 
worshipped before the now big religion with the tube-headed basilisks and everything came right. into power. And you can commune with these gods and you can summon them or the help of them at least. But if you mess up, they will punish you and maybe kill you or your friends. And you can like increase or you can make your odds better by sacrificing um, willing people to this thing or chopping off your own limbs to sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. and that will make your chances better. And so that that's basically what it is. Like physically, it's a small box, A6, so it's very tiny. It's like half the size of the Merkbar book. And mm-hmm. it's inside are four s- small black booklets that are identical to each other. So you basically, when you use it, you pick one of these tracts, we call them. So you pick one of these booklets, mm-hmm. and that's the god that you're commuting with now. And you roll the die, and you see how well it goes. So, and that's it. So it's like, and we've had so many problems in the production of this thing so it's oh no yeah no it's it's been it's been a ride uh for different different reasons yeah so did did you fall under the the typical response when when you you announce we're going to make a box set and then you just hear the collective groan of a lot of creators go oh was was it that kind of bumpy road or, or other things it was a lot of things. So COVID was definitely a thing because right. of like the um, shipping and everything. This was a, this was an add-on to the um, Merkbar Heretic. called Heretic, Heretic yeah, right. Kickstarter. I think the main thing was that our lovely printing house that we used that make all these beautiful books, mm-hmm. they couldn't really they couldn't really see why anyone would want four identical black booklets. So they thought this must be a mistake. Uh, the the cover must be flipped. So they, without consulting us, flipped the covers so that the oh. it, you know the inside of the covers were on the outside of them. You know, pr- printed <laughs> yeah. it, produced them, all of them two languages, Swedish and English. Put them all in boxes, shipped them out. Oh, and uh, because of COVID, they were sitting in a warehouse, uh, and no one could come there and check them out before it was time to like send it to everyone. So by the time um, we saw it, it was too late for us to complain. So. We, we just had to eat the cost of reprinting and reshipping to everyone. Oh. And, uh, yeah, not funny, but uh, very thematically appropriate, at least for this cursed book or box. But um, uh, I, yeah, I think even while we were sending people new copies, for some reason, I think it was because of the, uh, the shipping company, they still received faulty copies like two times in a row or three oh, times yeah. in a row it was a real it was a clusterfuck actually but i think now at least everyone has the right copies and yeah, it's in it's, stores and it's beautiful <laughs> it's a handful of backers that still haven't yeah, no. got the right one but yeah but they actually received the wrong ones yeah okay well then that's that's obviously going on someone's shelf That'll be yeah. a collector's item a few years from now. You'll yeah. see it on eBay yes. and all that nonsense. Yeah. People and are already is, selling them as 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 misprint collector items. I'm already seeing them. Oh, it's an boy. easy fix as well because you just have to remove the staplers and flip the cover and put them back together again. So like people are doing that, but we feel a responsibility of giving the people you right. know what they paid for. So yeah. we have to make sure that they get it. Despite all of that, it's a cool it's a cool thing. Okay. Well, and well, Keith, you got yours. So well, be... I got it in digital. Um, okay. Yeah. And I've and I've read it digital. I I mean, I like the concept. I mean, me personally, because I do reviews on the Rolling Boxcars blog. So um, I think for a collector, I think it's you know in the Morkborg aficionado, I think it's something to have. I think somebody like me that's running it at the table, I don't know that I want my players running around with these these icons to long forgotten folk gods and all this crazy ass power, like being potentially unleashed in the world. I don't, I don't know. Um, (laughs) But that's, that's the, I mean, you do you, but I think that overpowered magic items are extremely fun to, you know, put in your hands and into the hands of the players. It strikes me chaos. I might have to go back and just re re add like one line to my review, which has not yet published, but um, it strikes me as the, um, the Morkborg version of uh, the deck of many, deck of things, many things in a way. In a way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. See, yeah. That's that's actually see, true. See, what, what may change your mind, Keith, is as someone who's run Morkborg for a, a group of teens many, many times, 
Yeah. That's exactly what they want. I know. Um, <laughs> so I think one uh, one interesting aspect about this thing is so as well is that when not to try to like sway your review because that's not what we're trying to do here, but um, the fact that you can increase the odds of this succeeding by sacrificing people, and they have to want to be sacrificed. So I did like this that. Is, it's it's a quite dark thing, but like the, your players kind of have to become these cult leaders. That will recruit people and try to persuade them that they should die for the cause of this magic item to function like it's it creates a weird uh situations and like right. uh, social dynamics here yeah uh, well i think one thing I that gets that. lost in the because uh, i only have the pdf i don't have the physical box mm. right i think one thing that gets lost in the digital version is the aspect that it's four separate yeah. booklets yeah because um, it's just one running PDF that just transitions from each, from one to the next to the next and so on. And it just gets lost that it's yeah. four separate booklets. I didn't realize very, that until I saw somebody have an open box copy and I saw mm, a photograph. It's a very physical product. You have yeah. to sort of lay them out as you would like a tarot deck or something and then put, yeah. pick one. Oh. And, yeah. And that it's does get lost. Ex experimentation yeah. with form as well. Like, this could have been just four tables that you roll on, but we wanted it to obviously make the most complicated way of possible of making oh, you four did. tables. You did. <laughs> Let's well, make kudos for that. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. It's 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 the aesthetic. I mean, and and yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of what's you know with with this the the you know the addition of cyborg, and you know people are coming to you know expect a certain type of. Uh, material appeal on top of you know just the the actual what's inside the the books and the rules themselves it makes sense and you know just it i you you know there's people out there who would if you would have just done tables they they probably would have went where's it where, yeah, yeah where's where's the good yeah. stuff um so yeah it's it's it, again i'm repeating myself but it just kind of goes hand in hand we're getting to about the hour point i know it's getting late for you guys in sweden do you got time for a couple um listener I questions got time, yeah of course Sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Fantastic. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, All right. So, so one of our dedicated listeners and longtime uh, supporter of the of my blog um, has two two questions. She's she's a fanatic for for Morkborg and Cyborg. She loves your black and white version of Morkborg, and she asked if you guys would be putting out a black and white version of uh, Cyborg. Uh, we haven't announced anything yet but it's not impossible that we do that uh, okay. someday we'll see okay okay she loves it but like she's having a hard time reading it so she asked yeah. if there was oh. if there was something in the works and that we'll, we'll, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll I mean, see what the future holds we'll see what the future holds definitely okay. so it, it it took took a while for us to make the bare bones edition of murk boy so uh we haven't done one for cyborg uh, yet okay that's fair and her other question is: She's a she's a huge solo gamer or GMless gamer, and with them with the, that type of game interface being uber popular today, um, there are three third party published um, solo interfaces for Morkborg right now. Is there any plans to either adopt one of those as official de facto, uh, like Stockholm Cartel? approved or um as a rule set or are you just gonna let the third-party publishers just kind of have their creative space we haven't really talked about that actually okay uh i think for now we're sort of happy that there is the one i didn't know that there were three but that's he informed uh, that's, me there were three so that's even better yeah. so <laughs> But uh, no, I think I only know of uh, Solitary Defilement and I've played it myself a bunch of times. I think it's great. So, I mean, maybe that's a, that's an interesting idea. To mm. do. Like we, no, we haven't, we haven't talked about it at all, actually. Okay. It would, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting idea. Maybe expand <laughs> yeah. uh, Dark Fort or something into yeah. a board game or... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could do a lot, but we haven't actually talked about it no. too much. Okay. Well, yeah. we, we've got another uh, listener question here. Uh, there there was one, someone already asked, but we covered that. But we have another one here from uh, Phil McClory 
Um, and he kind of just, you know, basically just want, he's curious about, you know, where do you see, you know, e- either the game or even Stockholm cartel uh, going in the future speci- specifically, he says in your in, uh, innovative Kickstarters, like, uh, you know, pu- putrescence uh, regnant and, and things like that. And so, I mean, it's, I guess in a nutshell, he's saying what's, what's coming next. I mean, I know you guys <laughs> just, just came out with icons, but you know, and, and you're, you know, you, you've got that community to kind of lean on, but is there anything coming up in the, in the works that uh, you may be able to touch upon or, you know, throw a little, uh, yeah, spill little, the beans, little, little, little teaser on. <laughs> we have very, very uh, tight lids on our bean cans. I think, uh, okay. I'll, no... I'll just check my webcam then. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, there's things in the works, but, uh, nothing we can talk about. I think, Fair enough. right. Oh. No, not but we that I can come up with either. But I mean, we yeah. want to keep experimenting, like we right. did yeah. with Putrescence Regnant and Icon, and you know, try different formats. Uh, making another Merkborg cult scene is probably not something we do because we've done right. that already. So, right. something else, maybe okay. another game, yeah. maybe another game. Ooh. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but there's okay. But I mean, I think you satiated his his question. I mean, that there's there's something. The gears are always turning. Yeah, so yeah, 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 totally. We haven't Definitely stopped something. working. Well, that's so. good. At least, at least we know you haven't stopped working, and you know there's 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 a future to look forward to. So that's yes, good. that is fantastic. Yeah. So I'm excited. But, yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's just it's fantastic. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I I I I personally can't say you know I've got th- enough good things about it. But be before I you know I've uh, got to you know bring up uh, you know my son and his friends one last time. Um, Keith, do we have any other questions here? We don't have uh, any questions, but I do have uh, one other good thing to say. Um, uh, so I, I, I do want to thank uh, Johan for, uh, on behalf of Scott and I, for um, hooking Bud up, Bud from Bud's RPG Reviews, for his his birthday book that he yeah. he lovingly has uh, uh, sat behind him on his camera every time he's on in a Zoom call or a pub with us. It's there and then <laughs> lugging it to Gen Con for us at our at our request. And uh, when I drug Bud over to the to the free league booth and then you had it and you gave it to him and that absolutely made his entire Gen Con. So right. on behalf that of Scott, so and I happy. thank you for doing that. Right. No, for- that's that's brilliant. I'm, I'm very happy that I was allowed to destroy a book uh, for him <laughs> that badly. Like I know that. I know that he he appreciate books and is a book lover. So you know, just yes, breaking that spine and oh, just yeah. ruining the book uh, for him to see. That's uh, no, it's priceless. He still yeah. talks about it to this day, yeah. and he loves it. And I think that is probably the most cherished book in his book collection. I mean, it sits in a pri- in a place of pride behind him. So yes, yeah, oh, damn, yeah. So thank you. Yeah, real real quick to the listeners who aren't aware of this. So uh, Bud Bud turned fifty. Um, and, uh, a group of us and, and other, you know, people within the, uh, within the hobby, uh, came together and, you know, provided special birthday wishes and videos. I threw it all together and presented it to him on, on YouTube. You, if you want to check it out, I'll throw the link or whatever in there. You know, I reached out to the Morkborg, uh, Twitter and, and was one of the, like the first or second ones that I did. And I reached out to several people and they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, when, when's it due? You know, and I think I gave it like, you know, a two month head notice, you know, and then Johan said, yeah, absolutely. And, and I shit you not, it seemed like two hours later, uh, there's this well-produced, you know, video of Johan just completely thrashing, you know, th- this Morkborg book with this, with this wonderful sound soundtrack. And, and I'm, and it took all the power within me to not just, you know, send that to him right away. Cause I didn't, didn't want to spoil it. But 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 I sure as fuck shared it with everyone else. Oh yeah, he shared it with me, and it was great. (laughs) Made my holy crap, holy crap! None of you are going to do anything that's good. You might as well just send in a happy birthday and just leave it at that. No, it was it was fantastic. But uh, and speaking of thank you, I just uh, another thing I just want to thank thank both of you for is um, you know the last Gen Con we went to uh, Gen Con uh, 2022 uh, went there with my family and my son. Uh, who is also a gamer and he is a, a, a rabid fan of Morkborg. Um, and he, you know, he did, he discovered it through me. I didn't push it on him. It's just, you know, one of those things, would you like to try out Morkborg? And, and after it was just like addicted. 
And uh, but uh, one of the highlights was, is he found out that, you know, that you were going to be there at the uh, free league booth and he wanted to get, you know, a signature. And unfortunately, we passed by the free league booth. You both were busy. You know, you're bouncing all over the place and the booth itself was busy. And every time we went, um, you know, unfortunately, you weren't there. And I just, you know, on a whim, I mean, we. We we follow each other on Twitter, but you know n- none of us are in any constant communication. So I'm just like, let's 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 you know try to hit a hail mary here. And I said, send out a message, and within like a few seconds, you're like, absolutely, um, we'll be back at this booth at this specific time. Bring them over, and we will take care of it. And you know, then thankful and showed up there. You know, uh, he bought a brand new copy. You signed it. I do feel a little bad though, because uh, Pele, I know that he, you know, he had Johan sign it, and you were you were there at the booth. And then we were we were kind of walking away. I'm like, did you get both of them to sign it? He looked back and went, oh, and he's 15. And he's just like, uh, okay. Oh. And then he just he, he kept going because oh. you know he he felt bad. <laughs> he he didn't want to come back and go. Oh yeah, can you sign it too? <laughs> mm. So so apologies for that if, if that got picked up on. But uh, but no, just just you know seeing you know you know you know sad Noah from that that scene in Arrested Development. It's every time we walk by the booth, he's just like they're not there, and <laughs> and so. But but thank you for yeah. taking the time out of out of your busy schedule to uh to do that for him. And they have been enjoying. I just side note, just so you guys know, there's there's a high school here in Southern California. There's an RPG gaming group. They have like 80 kids doing this thing. And as of lately, they, they've taken a break from, uh, you know, it's primarily built upon D&D 5e, but they're d- discovering playing other games. And as of recently, they are running Morkborg there. Uh, several of the kids mm. are. There's several tables running it. They're making their own games with it. They're mashing rules together with it. My son wrote some weird, uh, not, I shouldn't say weird, but some game where he's like, he's like, I'm going to take Morkborg and I'm going to mash it with 3.5 because he just discovered D and D three point five, and I'm like, fantastic. Do it. Good yeah. luck with that. And yeah. then I'm like, and if you if you can make sense of that, and if you can successfully merge those together, continue. So the DIY aspect of the game, you know, obviously through through the cult and everything uh, shows, but it is being picked up and utilized by you know the next generation of of torchbearers within within the hobby, and and hopefully that that torch will. You know, continue to carry Morkborg forward, either in its current incarnation or some other incarnation. So, so thank you so much for that. And I have I have one special request before we conclude. Um, they they won't forgive me if if I don't ask. But would both of you mind just just saying hello to Zane and Noah, and uh, be, uh, before we conclude? Sure. Okay. Right. I mean, I know it sounds weird, but just you just say <laughs> hi 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 Zane and Noah, and and and. And they will just go. Uh, they 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 know us. So yeah. I'll be, uh, so I got one, two, three. Hi, hi Zayn and Noah. Um, hi Zayn and good, Noah. Good right. luck with everything. It's not gonna. It's it's never gonna work out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> just run. Oh, oh, that's awesome. All right. I will. I will re-edit that to uh, to sound better. So no, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. So. Um, oh my god! Great, uh, Keith. Do we have god. anything else? No, we yes. do not have anything else other than our usual exit stuff. Okay. So, gentlemen, thank you uh, for spending your evening with us for the last hour. It's been a real pleasure. I am still further fascinated with Morkborg and Cyborg, and I still have a, eh, I guess, a new appreciation for icons. <laughs> um, again, I'll smack him after we're done. No, he won't smack me. Um, Again, thank you for for spending the time with us. Uh, This has been enlightening. I I look forward to seeing what you guys do in the future with the product line uh, or or even new stuff. Um, You guys keep producing good stuff. uh, So I'm I'm excited. Yes. Thanks a lot for having us. us. Yeah, it's been really, really fun. And uh, Excellent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe we'll maybe we'll see each other uh, next Gen Con if you're going as well, or who knows? Oh, some other con. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, if anything comes out again, we would love to have you. You know, both back on. Um, you know, and and anyone else, you know, with within your crew at, at Stockholm Cartel. I mean, it's it's a you know unified force producing these games. So and thank you again for for doing that. So um, is there? Um, be, obviously those who are listening know where they can find you uh so we will we will put that in in the description just in case 
but uh, anything else you you either one of you would like to reference before we sign off? Um, I think we're. I mean, speaking of cons, we're doing a bunch of cons this year. Some of mm-hmm. them, most of them, are in Sweden, but uh, we're going to um, Gen Con and we're going to UK Games Expo, and that's okay. only this first half year. So, if you are going to any of these cons, like uh, come look for us. We'll bring a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of things that we haven't really found a way to distribute internationally yet. That will be somewhat con exclusive that's until right. we figure that out. Yeah, that's so. Right. So come look for us. Yeah, I'll I'll post a link to that in the description too because I know know what it is that you're you're talking about, cool. and and if you and if you meet them at the booth, get both signatures, uh, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, gents, it has definitely been a pleasure, and uh, for those of you you know who have made it to the end, thank you. Um, send us an email. Uh, you know, hit us up at a titterpigspod at gmail.com. Uh, drop into our our Discord at the Rolling Box Cards Discord. Um, and if it's still working and if you want to leave us a voicemail on anchor, please do, or send us a voice message on, uh, on the email. Also, let us know how we're doing, how you enjoyed this, 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 uh, this episode. And if there's anything we miss, if you have any other questions that you, that we didn't ask, you'd like to know anything, uh, about, you know, more core, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely pass it on with that. I think we're done. We can go drink now. Yeah. Put a little bow on this and ride into the sunset. (laughs) 